Continuing the Chayadam and Klayad Zion, so we would be missing out if we did not discuss the halachas of breaking away from an existing shul, opening a new shul, and the original question that we would see in the halacha and Klayad Zion would be, is there a mitzvah to build a new shul? So let's spend the next day or two discussing this concept of a breakaway minion, a parking lot minion, a whiskey minion, whatever you want to call it, and how does halacha view it? You know, often people give Svara's opinions, it's good, it's bad, and the truth is first, our, uh, our floor in life, the floor has to be halacha, and then we could add different details and sensitivities before we even make our decision. So I just want to point out, there's a tremendous difference between your in-town New York type of shul versus many, not all, but many out-of-town shuls where it's only one shul in the entire community. So there's a difference. The The primary difference would be is that beyond being a base Akneses or even a base Medrash that you find in your local, you know, your local shul in, in New York and the five towns in L.A., a lot, many of the shuls out of town, they play a much bigger role as far as a community, community is concerned. Usually the Rav is involved in many other facets of life. They have members of the shul part or in discussion with the local federation. You'll have uh, the shul taking care of many of the community needs that in other communities would actually be self, self, uh, like independent chesed organizations. Like you have your time cheshabbos in New York will be run by time cheshabbos, not by a specific shul. Often in out of town communities, the time cheshabbos, the area of the mikvah, many of the community institutions are run by the shul. So when a, when a person would, would start a second shul, in a community like that, so it's different. I'm not saying you can't do it. There are ways to figure it out, and many of the shuls have done a great job of, of taking that role away from one main shul and dividing it, splitting it amongst many shuls, and you know, ultimately forming an independent uh, you know, oversight committee which runs a shul, which runs the community. But if that's not being done, so then it is not the same as our discussion of breaking away from a shul. So our discussion really is, let's, let's you know, look towards an in-town community where there are many shuls, and they're not really running community uh, functions. It's just a regular shul. That's a learning center. They have shuls. They have benos. They have all these types of things, but it's a shul. And the question is, can a person break away from the shul? So the first question is, is there a mitzvah to build a new, sh- a new shul? So the Magan Avram quotes the Rivash. The Rivash holds that it seems like there's a mitzvah to arise to build a new shul. It says, So, even though that's talking about the Mishkan and Parshish Truma, still, since the, since the Navi tells us, and a Mikdash Ma'at is a basic Knesset, and the Torah says, so the Rivash holds that there's a mitzvah to arise to build a new shul. Ramosha Feinstein argues on the Magan of Ram's interpretation, and he said that according to the that according to the Gemara, it really should only be a mitzvah darabon. It can't be a mitzvah daraisa because the Torah was only only talking about a Mishkan or Beis Hamikdash. It wasn't talking about a Beis Knesses. Now, what's the difference if it's a mitzvah or it's not a mitzvah? So the first thing that comes to mind when you build a second shul or another shul is that you lose out on Baroyev Am Havas Melach. So let's say you had a shul in a specific. Uh, uh, you know, development in Lakewood. So let's let's go to that example. And 150 people go there every single Shabbos to Davin. And now someone decides, okay, I don't like the shul. I'm going to build the second shul. So the first thing you lose out is Baroyev Am 
Hadras Malach. That in one shul they had 150 people davening, so it was a nice, uh, big minion. And the more people you have, the more hither it is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And now they only have 100, because 50 people left for the other minion. So that would be the, uh, the question of, should this be done? So it sounds like, if you, if you hold it's a mitzvah, so the mitzvah outweighs this concept of Rav Am Hadras Malach. So therefore, the Mishnah brings this down, and he says, basically, the other Kemar Avid, the other Kemar because there's another Shita of the Re'im. The Re'im holds there is no mitzvah of building a new shul. So the Mishnah says, it's not so clear, it's a machlekes in the Rishonim, if there is a mitzvah, whether it's the Raisa or the Rabbanu, or there's no mitzvah, and, he, and, and halachically, one is allowed to say, you know what, we're going to go with the Shita that holds, that it's a mitzvah to build a new shul, and this will trump, this will outweigh Baraiv Am Hadras Melech. So that is the first uh, sugya when it comes to a new shul. And then you have the Chuvas Haradvaz. There's a famous Chuva of the Radvaz. The, the way I understand the, the Chuva was like this. He was asked that in, uh, in Spain, there were, or it was Morocco, there were Spanish Jews and Moroccan Jews together in one shul, and they wanted to split, and they wanted to have separate shuls now. So they asked the Radvaz, can we do this? Is it a problem? We, we, we have Veroi Vamhadas Malach. There's 500 people in the shul, and now it's only going to be 250 in each, each synagogue. Are we allowed to split and make two shuls? So, first, the Radvaz says, number one, I'm not advocating for my chlekes. That is not what I'm coming to do. Gadol Hashalim, peace is always something that uh, we, really, we really stress and we, tr- and we try to achieve. However, if you want to know halachically, so he gives four different reasons why it will be beneficial for one to open the second shul. Number one, he says, if a person is davening in a place where his das is not miyusheves alav, he cannot have yishevah das in that shul. So it seems like his tefillah, his shmanesser, will not be will not be leratzin. Kolish bracha will not listen to the tefillah of someone who doesn't have yishevah das. You won't be able won't be able to have kavana. So if there is an existing machlekas, there's an existing dispute in that shul. So he says, you're not going to have yishevah das, and therefore your tefillah will not be will not be uh, will not be heard. Number two, he says, there's a Gemara in, in Avadazara. The Gemara says, a person, a person should only learn in a place where his heart desires. Let's say a person knows that he could only learn in Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara tells you, you should go, you should go to Eretz Yisrael to learn. And not every place will be perfect for your learning. There's a Gemara in Makras that tells us that when someone, if someone killed someone by accident, so the halacha is they go to Gullus. And their Rebbe has to go to Gullus with them in order that the Rebbe should teach them Tyrus. The Gemara says, why does the Rebbe have to be schlepped in there? Why can't he learn himself? Let him go on a all daf uh, app and, 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 you know, use an app and he'll, he'll learn Tyrus through, uh, through podcast. So the Gemara says that, no, since Enadam Lamed El Bamakam Shli or Bamash Shli there are only certain people that you're zeichet to learn from. So he has a Rebbe, and he's only able to learn from his Rebbe, so it's very important that his Rebbe would go to uh, would go in Gullus with him, because that is the that is the only t- place where he will learn. There's another uh, reason. So, so I'm sorry. So, so the Radvaz ends off that, so this is the second reason, that since a person, even when it comes to learning, we say a person is only so to by davening, we should say the same thing by davening, that a person has the right to choose which place would be the best place for him to have kavana. Then he says a uh, third thing, that similar to the first answer, 
And the third thing he says is that if there's no harmony, if there's no shalom, so then the tefillos are not miskabo. So the first thing he said was the person's not going to have yishavadas. He's not going to be able to focus and have kavana. The second thing was a person should daven b'makam shalibu Third reason he says that if there's no shalom in the shul, so then the tefillos will not be miskabo. So even if you personally could have kavana, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu was mois in, in that type of tefillah where it's not being, it's not a united uh, you know, of people davening. There's a famous vart from, uh, I think, Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz, that let's say you had 10 people, you have a minute together in one of the local shtivloch in in Meishar, uh, in Beis Yisrael, and he told the yeshiva boys that they shouldn't daven there. The, the mir boys, he told them to daven in the mir, and he said, he gave a muscle that, imagine you have 10 people or 20 people taking a bus to go to their friend's wedding. So when they all get together uh, on a bus, they're all, this, that's called a kahal. It's a it's a, a gathering of people going together for one purpose. And he says, let's say a person is taking a bus from Yerushalayim to B'nai Brak for a wedding, but he's the only one that's going to the wedding. And on, on that bus, you could have someone coming back from a date, someone's coming back from a levaya, someone's coming back from the hospital. So you have, they happen to be all on the same bus together, but their minds are in different places. So that's even without Machlekes. But Kabochem with Machlekes, so he said when it comes to, to Shtiblach, where there's constant minyanim, the Shtiblach and Beis Yisrael and Emei Sharm. so... Chaim Shmulevitz said a person shouldn't dive in there. Again, you go to Tefillah B'Tzibor, but it doesn't have the same element of when a person dives in with his shul, with his kehillah. So that's without fighting. Imagine with fighting. So then that would not be considered a kahal and that would not be a, a place to daven. And the Tefillah is not Mescabo when you have a kehillah getting together when everyone's fighting. And the fourth thing the Radva says is that just a practical thing. If you force people to stay and you say you cannot break away, make your own shul, it's not going to be good. It's not That's not good for the Jews. It's going to be tremendous machlekes and it's just going to to cause the situation to get out of hand. You're better off, you know, uh, cutting your losses and just realizing that that ship has sailed. So those are the four things the Radva says of why he felt that perhaps the Moroccan Jews and the Spanish Jews should split and have their own shuls. But he says at the end of the day, unfor- it's, it's unfortunate. He says it's unfortunate that it came to this and we should have done everything to prevent this from happening. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day it's mutter. But when it comes to what we really want, we really want a kahal, we really want achtas. The Mishnah Brewer brings this down the halacha as well, brings down the radvaz. So it seems like based on these, uh, based on this, there would be this, the halachic basis of forming new shuls. Now, just want to point out that if you would actually survey, I'm guessing, but it could be I'm wrong, but I'm guessing 90% of shuls in America, they themselves are a breakaway of a different shul. So it's very interesting how people look down upon a breakaway, but at the end of the day, the, the, the other shul was also a breakaway. So, Ramosha Feinstein was asked, and maybe we'll, we'll save the rest of this discussion for tomorrow or the next day. Ramosha Feinstein was asked this question. He was asked a very specific question about someone who owned a shul, and many people from his shul were going to leave. Uh, he has a very interesting way he asked the question, and we'll, we'll get into it tomorrow. And he brings up another halacha, which we did not discuss yet, and the halacha is of a choyshe mishpat halacha. We know that there's a concept of being yoyred l'omnes shachavere, going into your friend's omnes, going into your friend's uh, business. Let's say your friend has a... Uh, has a pizza shop, and you open a pizza shop next door, so many people, you ask someone in the street, they say, oh, it's a problem of hasag as gvul. Basically, you're, you're, you're going to ruin his parnasa. So Ramayi Shavayin opens up the, the, his discussion of breakaway minyanim with this question of, usually there's a rav, 
there's a rub of a shul and he's being paid by the, by the kihila. And by opening up a new shul, perhaps you are ruining, you're damaging his parnasa, his salary. Can someone open up a new shul? Or is it a problem of being Yorid Umna Shachavera? So we'll get into a Chosha Mishpat discussion. And after we finish the Chosha Mishpat discussion, we'll get into Halach Lamaisa, what the Pais can say regarding breakaway minyanim, when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate. Again, there are many more details, and there are, there's so many different things one should consider before doing this. But let's just go through the Halach. It's Kedai. It's Kedai to know, you know, knowledge is power. The more the more Halach, the more, the more Svarim we'll see, the more we'll realize we'll have much more educated decisions than people just thinking about things and deciding that, yeah, it's a good idea or it's a bad idea. So we'll continue this discussion tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem.